welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. And today, I am really excited to be able to bring you a a guest, a musician, songwriter. Uh, Jesse Terry is joining us today. We're going to be talking about his new album, but we're going to first, as always, talk about him as a father. And he's got a two and a half year old, and we're going to delve into that as well. Jesse, thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thank you, Chris. Good to be here. You know, it is always my pleasure to talk with people that have different takes on fatherhood. And one of the things that I want to do first and foremost, I want to turn the clock back in time. Your daughter's two and a half, and I want to turn that clock back to that first moment, that first experience, that first reaction that you had when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. Talk to me about that. Oh, I remember it well. We were, uh, my wife and I toured together. We still do in normal times. And I forget where we were. We weren't expecting a phone call that day, but we got a call from Yale and about something else, like something very mundane, like a blood test. And she's like, oh, do you want to know the sex of the the child? You know? And we were like, oh my gosh, you know? We said, yes, yes. You know? And she said, it's a girl. And we both cried like hysterically. I, I think like I really, really wanted a girl. Of course, I I would have been really happy with a boy as well, but in my heart, I wanted a girl. So it was like just a dream come true. So talk to me about that because not every dad would say that they're for, I mean, they want a healthy child, but in sometimes, I mean, especially with the experience that we have being males ourselves, it might be easier for someone to have a boy because we've bet we've had that experience. But you said, you specifically just said, it was in my heart, it was that I wanted a daughter. Why? Talk to me about that. What was it about having a daughter that just lit you up? Gee, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever thought about that. I mean, but come to think of it, I think I only had daughter names picked out as well. So maybe I manifested it. <laughs> I'd love to have a boy someday as well if we have more. I love the idea that boys and girls, of course, can can be whatever they'd like to be. But I love that Lily can be, you know, into sports and she can dress up and wear her fairy tale dresses and she can really just be whoever she wants to be. And I don't know, there's just something about having a girl that was always in my mind and I just love her sweetness and I I love who she's becoming. It's just wonderful to see her grow and yeah, I've never thought about that. I don't know why I haven't, you know, because of course, as you said, all you want is a healthy child. And I think I didn't really even think about it until the emotions came out and I started crying. Now you're talking about some of the ex- the memories, the experiences that we all have as fathers, and we all have really special experiences as our kids get older, and you've had two and a half years of them. And as you think back to all those experiences that you've had thus far, what would you say has been the most memorable experience that you've had with Lily? And the whole thing has been such an amazing experience. As soon as she was old enough to travel, like maybe six, seven weeks old, we started taking her to shows, we, you know, with her big headphones on, of course. And, you know, she wasn't at every show. She wasn't at like a rock and roll show at 11 p.m. But she started traveling right away. And we got to take her to for tours of England and Scotland and Europe. And my wife's from New Zealand. So we got to take her to New Zealand a few times. And she's a, a real world traveler, you know, so she's we had so many great moments and she was just always still is just such a blast on the road. I just remember being in York, England with her and exploring the medieval walls and she just would never get tired and she wouldn't now either. She she just gets bored at home, really. That's the problem. <laughs> 
Sounds like you're going to have another member of the band coming up soon. I think so. Yeah. She's got a lot of instruments around and she's starting to sing and she's not shy, not shy at all. (laughs) Now, I know that your daughter's two and a half, so you have many years to go. And your answer to this next question that I typically would ask you may change over time. But what would you say has been the hardest part about being a father to a daughter? She's my only child, so it's maybe more of an overall thing. But I don't think that anyone really prepares you or could prepare you for how hard some of that first year is and just how many emotions go through, how much even your partner can change. Just because that instant innate feeling of responsibility and of shaping a young life, that's such a heavy thing. You just can't be prepared for that. And parts of that are just not easy. No, it's not. And I hear you. And that lack of sleep in that first year definitely takes its toll. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Sleep is very important. It's hard to, as the parents, it is hard when you're that tired to remember to treat each other civilly because you're always treating your daughter perfectly. But you have to remember to treat each other really well as well, because she's seeing that interaction and feeling that vibe as well. So that was probably the hardest part of it. But you get through that. And of course, there were so many amazing parts about that first year as well. Now, with that lack of sleep, with uh, all those ups and downs in that first year, as a songwriter, I mean, you've got to be on your game and you've got to be able to have that headspace to be able to bring forth the music that you want to be able to bring, not only instrumentally, but in writing and being able to have coherent thoughts. So so talk to me about what you had to do to be able to still be in that space while having to also be a father. That's a wonderful question. I have to give so much credit to my wife who had a full-time job until COVID hit. She was in the live event space, but she worked remotely and toured. And I don't know how she did it because also Lily had really severe acid reflux. So she was a very, very happy child, but didn't really sleep for months, you know, like, or needed to sleep upright. So my wife, she just did an amazing job and really, and let me sleep enough so I was able to operate a motor vehicle and then go play shows and, and write and record. And somehow we got through it. But you're right. Come to think of it, that was the really challenging part. And luckily, Lily's great now and she's sleeping wonderfully. And you kind of forget. But looking back, wow, she was in a lot of pain. And as a result, not much sleep. No, and I, I remember when we were when we had our second child, ours were about three and a half years apart. And I think as you go through that and, you, you know, you kind of forget what that first year was like. And then you say, oh, we're going to have another child. And you get all excited. <laughs> and then you get into that first year with that second child and you're like, oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I remember this now. So when you look at the future, your daughter's getting older, you see the world around you, you're opening her up to the world in many ways, as you said, I mean, literally, and you're bringing her around the world and showing her different things and and allowing her to have a worldview that's very different than other children her own age. What would you say is your biggest fear in raising a daughter today? I must say, I don't spend a lot of time on fear, like at all. In fact, I do kind of daily mantras to get away from fear. But of course, you always have fear. I'm a huge, huge dog lover. And we had an incident when she was very young, where she got attacked by like a little crazed chihuahua. And it was just terrifying, chihuahua boxer mix. And it's changed our view of of her meeting dogs and stuff like that. So that kind of gave us a fear. And, you know, just seeing her face with a bite on it and seeing that bruise when she was like, I don't know, not maybe a year old or something like I'll never get that out of my head. 
you know, and you don't have that kind of feeling until you have a child. Because if it was your face, you'd be fine. You'd heal up in, you know, whatever, six months, and you probably wouldn't think about it again. I guess that's just that fear of protecting her, which I'm sure is a very universal one. No, I think every father has that, whether you have daughters or sons. I mean, there's a feeling of that we need to protect. And I think that's a masculine thing. I mean, so, I mean, sometimes I think as a, there's a piece of that masculinity that we have to shed too, that protector view of that, especially as our daughters get older. But, you know, as we look forward, we definitely, I mean, I think that's one of the first things is that built in a feeling that we are are here to not only help our children grow, but to protect them and keep them safe. And yeah, no, I think I, I hear you. I completely hear you there in that regard. You know, I think another fear I have is just that, you know, and it's hard to gauge because of COVID time and her not really seeing anybody really for like a year, but, you know, making sure that as we're showing her the world and introducing her to all these people that she's also getting enough stability, enough friends of her own age, we'll have to evaluate that as she gets older. And every, as you know, every day, every month is a different chapter, but we'll continue to, to look at that, make sure she's getting everything she needs. Now, I talked about at the beginning that you are a musician. You're a singer and songwriter, and you have a brand new album that is out, your seventh album, yes, and, yeah. which is amazing. And it's called When We Wander. And I first have to ask and have you go back a little bit in time, because in listening to the album itself, there's definitely some folk background. I mean, I hear that in the music itself. But tell me about what genre of music really inspires you most as you are creating the music that you're writing? Because I, I hear not only folk, but I hear other pieces too that are all kind of mixed in. Yeah. I mean, I guess my music is most influenced by really the great troubadours of the 70s, I'd say. You know, the the Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Ronstadt, James Taylor, Springsteen kind of thing. Those will always be my favorite people, at least that are closest to my genre. I just did a covers album as well. I just finished that. And there's everything on there from like Gershwin to Rogers and Hammerstein to Dylan, you know? So, I mean, I really love a lot of music, but, but yeah, that's where kind of my heart is. And I love those classic singer songwriters. Yeah. And I can hear that in a lot of these songs. I mean, as I was listening to some of these, some of the songs, I have to ask because like, I really liked Ghost Stories. That song just, it really spoke to me and the words did, but also the music did. Tell me the story of that one. Yes. That's a great one to bring up in this podcast because it's about leaving your old ghost behind as a father, as a parent, as a partner. But I think especially as a parent, like there's just the greatest sense of responsibility and there's nowhere left to hide. You know, like if you have issues that you don't deal with, if you don't deal with them, you are going to put those issues on your kid. And that's something that I'm just not okay with doing. I'm okay with being human and making mistakes, but I'm not okay with not correcting some of that behavior that I needed to. So yeah, it's just about those ghosts that we all have. No, we all have them. And I guess in this album that you put forward too, what was your favorite song to not only write, but now to perform as you look at the 12 songs that are on this specific album? I really like the title track because it was written and recorded pre-pandemic when we were just like as a family just going all over the place. And then we were actually in New Zealand in March, 2020 and had to like rush back home 
before the borders closed. So then, and actually the album was supposed to come out May 2020 and we pushed it back. And I was really worried that we'd have to shelve the whole album because it's called When We Wander. It was like the most inappropriate title for... For 2020. And then I was like, hold on, this is more than just physical wandering. This is about wandering into new things. I had to wander into online shows to provide for my family. I had to like give lessons and do all kinds of things that I wasn't doing before. I had to build a home recording studio. So I love that that meaning deepened for me. It's special in that regard. I mean, that that you were able to to look at this now in a completely different light than you did a year ago because of what the world became. And, and that was one thing on the, on that initial, on that, that title track, you talk about wandering and as you said, bringing your family on tour and having to, prior to the pandemic, you're showing your family a whole new worldview. Now your wife is from another country, but especially your daughter and allowing for her to start to see the world in a different way. And she's young, but as you said, her eyes are being opened and you're taking her to, you know, to England and to New Zealand and to other places that other kids her age have never gone to, but you're also taking her on tour and and allowing her to be able to see and experience different things. Talk to me about that experience and kind of the thoughts behind of what you had to go through to be able to say to yourself, am I going to take my daughter on tour with me? Is that the right choice? Is it not? And what you had to do to be able to prepare for that, because it's a lot different than going out by yourself or just you and your wife going, you now have your whole family with you. I was very concerned. Of course, number one is Lily getting what she needs. Is she going to be okay with this as a first-time father? What do I know? You know, it, it, you can't look it up. I mean, unless you're in, it's it's more common in places like Nashville for people to do this, but not so much in Stonington, Connecticut. I don't have many people to reference. So we did try to get her traveling as much as possible from a young age, so it wasn't foreign to her. And then, luckily, for the most part, of course, trial and error, but she really thrived out there, you know, and I, I have a wonderful wife that I w- obviously couldn't do it by myself. Although I have seen some female performers actually play and sing with a baby on their back in, in a papoose, but <laughs> I didn't do that. You know, she thrived. She was a huge hit in like all the backstages and the green rooms that she, she met famous people at festivals. It was such a great icebreaker for me. People would come over and say, Hey, can I say hi to the baby? And I'd be like, Oh, I've been listening to your records for 30 years, you know, (laughs) it's a great way for me to meet people. But no, I mean, all great questions and and she thrived on it. I'm so happy she did. You know, you talked about some of the people that inspired you. As you think of that list for yourself, if you had one person that you had the opportunity to just jam with and perform with, who would it be? I feel like I, I, I give the same answer for this every time and I should probably switch it up. But for this one, I'm just going to go with my, because it, it's the honest answer is James Taylor. He's just such a hero, but also I've met him and he's such a wonderful person. He's a real role model as far as here's somebody that admittedly was not a good father to his kids from his first marriage. I mean, made amends and everything, but was an addict and stuff and came full circle, got sober. And if you read interviews with, watch interviews with him, he gives the best parental advice just about showing them, not telling them just things I think about every day. What do I want Lily to do? You know, do I want her to be active and to read and to be friendly, to be kind and and that, that all comes from me and my wife. Now, you've got a loyal fan base. I, I know that your first six albums were on the backs of your fans and, and independently putting things out there. And 
Talk to me about that. I mean, in building this up and being able to have this long career that you've had so far and being able to, what's this journey been like for you? Bring those of us that have never had to fight for where you are today on that journey. It's been a really blessed journey, but I will say I am a hard worker. (laughs) I love my job and I, I fight for it. It's a good word that you used, fight, because it doesn't come to you. And we're really lucky to have just incredible fans who are supportive. And because we're living in an age, and COVID definitely exposed this when touring stopped. The recorded music business model is just the most ridiculous business. It's like if you went out to go get a lobster roll and they were like a cent. I mean, I love Spotify and all. I really do. I'm a subscriber. But it's just a terrible business model. So for most artists, that is. It's amazing that my fans get that and they'll like pre-order a record and they'll pre-order a t-shirt or get a custom song or whatever. Like that stuff allows us to keep on making music. I've got a friend of mine that ventured out into the business himself after high school. Actually, he plays very similar music in some aspects in the sense of Inceptions, I believe. But he's out of Nashville. And you kind of said Nashville. Tony Luca is his name. I know Tony. Oh, you know Tony? Yeah, we, we've played together before. Yeah, so Tony and I go back to high school. You know, I followed him along his career, but he had to do some pivots just like you did during COVID where he was doing concerts and virtually and people were paying him to do a virtual concert. You know, talk to me about that and the difference in having to play to an empty house, we'll say, right? you know, where you're just playing and people are there and they're commenting, but it's a very different experience. It was a long journey from, well, first of all, the shock of all our shows being canceled and just not knowing when they'd ever come back. They're just starting to come back now. Slow. It's a transitional time now. So after like wallowing for the first like month and being terrified, we converted a little area of Lily's nursery into a concert space. We called it Live from the Lily Pad. You know, the first show was just shot on iPhone with no like external microphone or anything like that. And people showed up and people tipped and like some people tipped us like, a hundred bucks, you know, because they knew what we were going through. It was incredible. And like slowly but surely, you know, I bought a home studio. And now when I'm doing live streams, it's through like the same like recording studio that I make albums with when I do when I start them at home. And, the you know, it's incredible sound quality. And it's really been quite a journey. But uh, it was different, you know, and I'm really used to it now. But it's different, of course. Now, we talked a little earlier about ghost stories and how that somewhat fits into your title track and how it ties into some of the aspects of you as a father. How has having your daughter now in your life for two and a half years, how has that changed the way that you write and the way that you are an artist? Wow. She's just changed everything, you know, so... I mean, even ghost stories, which you wouldn't maybe say is a song about fatherhood, kind of is because it's related. There's a song on the album called If I Were the Moon that's like directly to Lily. And it's kind of become like a real fan favorite, like maybe one of the best songs I've written. And we're actually working on adapting it into a children's book. That was an idea from fans, but I think it was a good one. So it's just become a huge part of who I am in my life. And being a father is just a million times better than anything I've ever experienced. It's not even close you know, the next level of joy. I know my wife would say the same thing. I, I love my wife and I love, yeah, but it's just, she's a part of everything. I really appreciate you being open, honest, and just kind of raw on how this experience has changed you. I always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I delve even deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Fire away. In one word, what is fatherhood? Is unconditional love one word? 
It works. Okay. We'll say there's a dash in between. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. When was the time that you finally felt that you succeeded in being a father to a daughter? I think around after year one, and I started seeing her kindness and her just incredible sweetness. I felt like I was on the right track. I don't know how much your daughter is talking. I'm guessing she she's jabbering up a storm. But oh, yeah. <laughs> if I was to ask Lily to describe you as a dad, what would she say? I think she'd probably make a whale or elephant noise. Like, um... <laughs> <laughs> or a monkey noise, maybe. I'm like the goofy, like, my wife's really fun too. But, you know, she's like the more the sleep person. And, you know, I think it's a different relationship when the mother's breastfeeding and stuff. And the dad comes in and I've been kind of the goofy, like, wrestling guy. <laughs> Completely understand that. Yeah. Completely. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? Probably my wife, because she's such a good mom. And not just because she's going to listen to this, but she really is. The changes I've seen in her, we've been married for 10 years now, but we, we got married after six months. So, you know, we're about 10 years into our relationship, just flat out. Just the passion she has for being a good mom is unrivaled. So I look to that. That's amazing. Now, what advice would you give to other dads? I was thinking about this earlier. I mean, this is very personal. And I, I think to me, so I don't want to say that other ways are wrong. But what's worked the best for me is to always be nurturing to her and to not let her cry, to let her without comforting her, and just to always be there to understand why she's frustrated. And also always be there to fill up that attention box, even if it's just for 10 minutes, just to give her that attention she's craving. And then it's like a miracle. She'll stop crying. She'll stop screaming or doing whatever she's doing. She'll just run to you with a hug. It's amazing. Now, we've been talking about your album, but if people want to find out more about you, about your music, they want to pick up the album, they want to find out where you're going to be touring next, you know, when all that opens up, where should they go? Yeah, so jessieterrymusic.com. It's J-E-S-S-E-T-E-R-R-Y music. Yeah, that's a good place to go for all that stuff. Tour, for store, for links to my socials where I'm really active and yeah, and things are really, they are starting to open up, which is really exciting. You know, lots of outdoor shows and then, you know, eventually indoor shows. So it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. Look forward to seeing and hearing more about everything that's coming. You've got another album already coming out in the in the children's book. We definitely have to yes. hear more about that when that <laughs> yeah. comes out. But I always want to say thank you and I wish you the best. Thank you, Chris. It's been really fun. Really fun. Really great questions. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step -step roadmaps, and more. You will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time 
We give the lessons, we make the meals, we buy them presents, bring your A-game, cause those kids are growing fast, the time goes by just like a dynamite blast, calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the world to Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.